Welcome to the Beyond Capital podcast. In our purpose-driven world, leadership is increasingly crucial. Now, more than ever, stakeholders are demanding the integration of social values and causes in everything from shoes to soap to investments. We are bringing you the stories of leaders that are marrying profit with purpose. I'm Eva Yazari, CEO of Beyond Capital. And I'm Ed Stevens, CEO of Appreciate. And this is the Beyond Capital Podcast. Today's guest is Yoav Lurie. Yoav is the founder of Simple Energy. Simple Energy was designed to make energy efficiency a simple, fun, and social experience for consumers. The company's digital marketing platform leverages behavioral science and analytics to engage utility customers and encourage energy savings. In July 2019, Simple Energy merged with Tendril to form Uplight, for which Yoav now serves as COO. Uplight serves 100 million residential and business customers working with utility companies in 40 states to create a more sustainable future. Yoav has a background in socially impactful work, including co-founding Camp Kesem, a free summer camp for the children of cancer patients. He was also a managing director at Teach for America. Welcome, Yoav. So happy to be here. It's great to have you. Let's kick it off by talking a little bit about your desire for purpose-driven work. As we've heard with your background, you have been seeking that at, at all times, it seems, in your career. Tell us a little bit about how that motivated you to start Simple Energy. Unfortunately, I'm going to start with a, a fairly morbid uh, and, and uh, maybe maybe dour note. But we, uh, when I was a when I was seven years old, my father passed away, and and it, when I was wrestling with at a very young age what life was about and what um, what impact and what uh, significance meant, and I, and I was really wrestling with it. And what I came to as a seven-year-old was that the one way to, uh, in a way, cheat death and to ensure that you'd be remembered or last longer uh, was was by impacting the lives of others. And so from really as long as I can remember, I mean, uh, the people who I looked up to were those folks who had built enterprises of some sort that had a massive impact on other people. As I grew older, I discovered that uh, business and the Incredible force that business can have to have a positive social impact, and that leveraging the capital markets, leveraging all the forces of business for good, could actually yield a much bigger and more positive outcome um, than than other means. And so, as I went into my career, it was with a shift towards from the very beginning using business as a force for good, really from a very personal perspective to and try to maximize the impact of my life. That really resonates with us. Uh, and thank you for telling us that story. Um, your, the platform you've created specializes in consumer engagement. What opportunity did you see in the consumer energy usage and utility market, both from a financial and social perspective, when you were building your business? When, when my co-founder and I started building Simple Energy, it was clear that there was a disconnect between the producers and consumers of energy. Consumers didn't know where energy came from, 
and producers of energy, electric and gas companies, would refer to their customers as ratepayers or meters, uh, not people. And we knew that that was going to be a huge and ever-pressing gap where there would be both a great business opportunity because utilities were being challenged in their businesses, but also and probably most important and absolutely most importantly was that if we could do the, if we could change that dynamic, we could bridge that gap between consumer and producer of energy, we could leverage that intersection point to change how utilities thought of their own business. We could help them get onto the right side of history and make them more sustainable companies. And what we've seen is in the last few years, utilities have actually led the way in reducing carbon emissions by drastically cutting and greening their energy fleet. I think a lot of people would be curious, why do utilities want to do that, genuinely speaking? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. In very few businesses, in fact, this is the only one I know of, will a company pay another company to convince its customers to use less of its product? And that's exactly what we do. We work with our customers, our utility partners every day to convince their customers and users like you and me to use less energy. And the reason utilities do it is because they're regulated monopolies and in the regulatory compact that allows them to exist and earn a rate of return on the capital that they build to service all energy, they've signed up for all sorts of other uh, objectives and objectives and measures uh, where they will dictate what their performance is financially. Among those is how well they get customers to save energy. And so they literally have goals and earnings objectives based on that thing, even though it's counterintuitive that they would want someone to go use less of their product. Interesting. So it's mainly from the regulatory point of view. And, and certainly if we had all the time in the world, we could go through the 51 regulatory environments in the U.S. alone. But I'll spare you, it looks a little different in every state. Uh, but in almost every state, there is an incentive for the utility to be driving their customers either to use less energy or to change what kind of energy they use or to change when during the day they use energy. Right. What I'm trying to connect in my mind is how a personalized customer experience links to lasting environmental impacts. Uh, Yoav, can you unpack that for us? Yeah, so I'll give you an example. We send the customer a message that says, you know, based on your energy usage and information we have about you and your home, we know that here are three ways that you can save energy. And on top of that, here's a, an instant rebate that we will give you if you come onto one of our e-commerce sites and buy, say, a smart thermostat. And so you then click through and you get $100 off a new Nest or Ecobee thermostat. And then we ship it out to you. And what's great about it is not only do you get this incredibly cool device that you can put on your wall and that will save you energy and pay for itself within the first heating or cooling season, but also if you then enroll that device at that same point of sale, in many of our programs, we can actually change what time of energy, what time of day it's using the most energy, which then allows it to literally track the sun, for example. So it can pre-cool your house during the hours when energy is the cheapest because the sun is shining the most on solar panels. And, and that will both save the customer money as well as uh, support the development of new renewables and improve the grid. And so by getting that message into the hands of customers, by motivating them using behavioral science and advanced digital targeting to get them into the platform, to get them to take that action, that, cre- that gets a product into their house, 
changes their behavior, signs them up for a new bill plan, um, helps them get an electric vehicle. Any of those things really move them to being a more sustainable user of energy. I didn't even know my nest could do that. <laughs> it, 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 it's not just the world's coolest thermostat. Yeah. It also has some incredible functionality. I'll check it out. Okay, so I was wondering how you came to be so focused on the consumer side of this business versus commercial energy usage. Was that just a, a lucky accident or was it something very intentional? So when we started Simple Energy, it was with an eye towards how residential customers were in, impacted by their utility or engaging with their utility rather. And we, we found that that's really where there's the biggest disconnect, that there were already a lot of companies focused on helping large commercial and industrial customers because those customers spend a lot of money on energy. And so, in fact, uh, the consultants who would go out and help Walmart or McDonald's uh, save money on their energy bill weren't interested in helping people like you and me. And that's because our energy bills on a relative basis to those big companies are quite small. In fact, as someone who has a software background and the last company I helped build was a software company, I, I knew that we had a problem here where we had many people who needed a very efficiently delivered solution, which is really where software thrives and where services fall down. And so we were able to build software solutions that could affect now over 100 million people and give them uh, messaging and solutions virtually and very efficiently to get that message out to customers. I know that Simple Energy merged with Tendril, as, as we mentioned in the intro. Can you tell us a little bit more about the merger and, and the mission of Uplight now, the new company? Absolutely. Uh, about eight years into building Simple Energy, we had done a lot of incredible things. Uh, we were working with 40 or 50 of the largest utilities around the country. We were uh, going to do $75 million in revenue, uh, and, and things were going incredibly well. Um, in, in every vector of what we did, we were having a huge impact. Our employees were incredibly satisfied and engaged, and the returns to our investors were shaping up to be really great. But we came to a realization, for, both because of movements we were seeing in our market, specifically software companies facing utilities, as well as just generally the incredible time pressure we have to fight this climate emergency. And at the intersection of those two things, we said we had to do something much bigger. So we took our life's work in this company and we said we will take that into this and we'll find the best way to build a platform that can do much more. And at the same time, our friends um, across town at Tendril were, were doing a similar a soul-searching exercise where they were trying to figure out the future of their company and how they were going to bring companies together. And so we got together with them and between us also bought three other companies, uh, First Fuel, which is focused on commercial and industrial customers, uh, Energy Savvy, which is focused on delivering solutions to the utility's chief customer officer, and Ecotagis, a Vancouver-based company that uh, delivers residential energy efficiency solutions specifically focused on low-income customers. And and we took these five companies and we built with us a platform that now serves over 110 million businesses, business and consumer and residential customers that serves close to a hundred of the largest utilities across North America. And that has the most robust platform for building the new, new digital energy future that has ever existed. 
And so that's now the platform where we can go have an even greater impact on our customers and enable them to impact their customers. Um, we picked the name Uplight pretty literally because it was we were going to shine a light up onto our utility partners, enabling them to accelerate the clean energy future. What does it look like to, quote unquote, walk into a utility and convince perhaps the chief customer officer or someone else to work with you? So it's interesting. Uh, historically, and actually every time we've raised capital, uh, people would say to us, you know, utilities are terrible customers. And, and, and we would have to correct them. You know, they're actually wonderful customers. They're really hard prospects because they're risk averse and they know that they have a lot riding on their shoulders of, in some cases, 200 years of history in their company and lots of assets. So they, they're very methodical about how they make purchasing decisions and they really want to make sure that the solution they put into the hands of their customers uh, has been fully vetted and it has a lot of rigor behind it. But once they're your customer, they're incredibly uh, aligned to what we're trying to do from an objectives perspective and they're moving forward uh, with us pretty dynamically. What's been great as Uplight is that we have so many of these utilities already as our partner. And so we're able to walk into an existing customer and tell them about a new solution that will push them forward. And we're able to do that with the past performance, what we've already been able to achieve with them to date. Now, I'm not going to lie and say it was always easy. Uh, we're about nine years since we started Simple Energy right now. And for the first four or five of those years, it was a lot of just beating our heads against the wall, trying to get in and convince them. But in hindsight, if I'm going to be really honest, we didn't have the results or the credibility at that point. And we and we launched our marketplace product in 2015. It's really what changed the direction of our company because it was unique. It met real needs for the utility and it was incredibly successful in terms of the results it would drive with end consumers. And so those things together enabled us to change the conversation with our customers and drive them to really much different outcomes. Tell us about the marketplace product. Simple Energy built Marketplace, which is a an online platform that marries the utility rebate that has been around for a long time. These are uh, incentives for buying energy-saving products and services with an e-commerce experience. And so by doing that, we've taken what has been around for a long time, which is that your utility will give you money back if you buy an energy-saving or demand-shifting product. But that process has been you would buy the product at Home Depot or Amazon, you would take the receipt, you would take the utility rebate form, you'd fill it out, you'd mail it in and wait eight weeks to get it back. And what Marketplace did for the first time and then we patented was he said, we're going to take that process and put it right into the transaction. And so as a software company, we had to build an e-commerce company within ourselves with all of the ability to deliver product and to to run the utility branded experience uh, for some of the largest utilities. And then you go onto the Marketplace site, uh, which you get an email from from us uh, through our integrated marketing. And, and then you enter your address. And based on your address, we validate your eligibility for a rebate. And we then give you that rebate right in the cart. So if you're buying a Nest thermostat, for example, and your utility has a $100 instant rebate, we will sell that Nest thermostat to you for $149 instead of the retail $249. And, and so it's a great experience for the customer. They get the product just like they would two days later, uh, right at their doorstep. 
but they never have to fill out a form. They never have to take the risk that they might fill out the form incorrectly or that they wouldn't be eligible for the rebate for some reason. We make sure that they're eligible on the front end, marry their account information to that uh, transaction, and then later settle up with the utility. Cool. Yeah, there's tremendous opportunity there to make it easy for the customer. Amid everything else you have going on, I mean, just so impressed by the depth of your company, you have decided to go through the process of becoming a B Corporation, um, which yeah. to those that don't know is, is known as a benefit corporation. Tell us about that decision, what stakeholders were involved, uh, and why did you think it was important to do? So actually, in November, we announced that we had become a certified B Corporation. And Simple Energy had been a, a B Corporation, a certified B Corp uh, since 2013, and as well as a public benefit corporation. And these are really two things. The public benefit corporation is a uh, statute within the state of Delaware that uh, that says we're no longer the the only driver of the company is not just return shareholder value, but it's actually balancing returns for the shareholder as well as balancing that with the social mission. That's the public benefit corporation. But only a minority of companies that have gone down the path of becoming a public benefit corporation actually take the additional step of also becoming a certified B Corp, which means we've held ourselves up to a much higher standard and had a rigorous third-party assessment of our practices and performance. And so as a new company in Uplight, we have now, we started as a public benefit corporation and now about 100 days into Uplight became a certified B Corp. Uh, It was something that was incredibly important to us at Simple Energy. It was really valuable and important for all of our employees and uh, in fact, for some of our customers as well. And so when we made the decision to merge Simple Energy with Central and to bring these companies together, one of the one of the principles that we started with was that the new company would have to be uh, both a public benefit corp and a certified B Corp. And that's because we wanted to make sure as we were going through a change of ownership and a change of control structures that forever and always the company would be grounded in its mission and that it would always be in pursuit of building a more sustainable future. I think as a practical matter, it's core to our business and it's core to what we do. But also, I think it's something that we want to make sure was codified in our governing docs. I cannot resist mentioning that just today, we, my company, Appreciate, just got its approval of its B, B Corp certification. Just today. Congratulations. Just today, yeah. So I'm all with you on that. That's a amazing process and very eye-opening and powerful we found it to be yeah and, and when we started on it uh many people were concerned that this would have an impact on our our investors or that somehow uh they would uh think that this was not a good thing hopefully everyone's kind of scratching their head when i say that this now because that was five years ago uh, but i think the results have spoken for themselves that the financial outcomes of being a mission-driven business are clear and the performance we're able to drive for our investors is actually much, much greater because we're able to leverage a very clear and focused social mission that brings our employees together, that inspires our customers, and that ultimately there's no gap. There's, there is, um, there's no trade-off that we are making between our mission and our investors. In fact, focusing on our mission ends up maximizing value for our investors. Absolutely. Shifting gears a little bit, you have about 400 employees 
uh, of all types, including engineers and user experience experts, as well as customer service. I know that you, as a as a leader and a young leader, have spoken about the importance of finding meaning at work. How do you bring meaning to your employees? So we we have the easy benefit, maybe, of being a company that from day one was focused on doing well financially by doing good for the world. And that that was so core to our DNA that every time we've hit a bump, and we've hit many, we've been able to harken back to the mission of what we do and to the first principles of building this company, which is to go and create a more sustainable future, to change how the utility industry works, and to change how millions of customers engage with and act on saving energy. And so in the hardest times, we're able to bring it back to that. Sure, we still have to make sure that everyone has their performance reviews and that they get one-on-ones with their manager and that they feel like they're doing impactful, important work, and we do all of those things. But ultimately... I honestly wouldn't know how to run a company if the only thing I could drive the, the people around was going and making a profit. Yeah, that's that's fascinating and definitely on the cutting edge of leadership and, and one of the main reasons that we've decided to interview CEOs like you. So um, perhaps kind of staying in the same vein, what advice would you give to companies looking to create more meaning and purpose, perhaps for their employees, if, if they're not linked in the same way to their social impact as your businesses? So the first thing is I would, I would encourage them to think really hard about what kind of impact they are building in their company. And if, in fact, they're not having an impact, I think you probably want to start there. Um, and, and I encourage them to think to think pretty broadly about it. I think there are, uh, as I know, I know many leaders of many different kinds of businesses, B corps, and not services or products, who in fact are improving the lives of their customers and changing the dynamic of what they uh, of the markets in which they're operating. And for those leaders, they need to take that. And frankly, as a leader, it keeps you going. Uh, that it, it, we talk about this as if it's as if we as leaders are completely impervious to uh, bad days or to feeling depressed or uh, to feeling uh, that, that something isn't quite going our way. And we probably feel even more than, than, than most folks within a company because we're exposed to all of the data. And so certainly it'll help prop you up and then take that, take that same meaning that is, that is driving you forward now and make sure to share it and then talk about it relentlessly. Uh, the thing that I found is that at the point that I feel like I've heard a message 20 or 30 times too many, I'm probably just getting to the place where my employees and the, and the team as a whole is really internalizing it. And so it, it requires putting it into every piece of communication and every piece of how we're working as a team. Can, can you tell me a little bit about the dynamic with Tendril, the company that you merged with? Were they a B Corp as well, or was that a whole new process to bring them in? So Tendril, in fact, was uh, had previously gone through B Corp certification, and, uh, but ultimately wasn't able to get the investor buy-off at the time, a number of years ago, to create a public benefit corporation and to sustain and keep their B Corp status, and so they ultimately lost it. And so for that team, it was, I think, a breath of fresh air 
then we put it into the merger agreement that we uh, said this has to happen. And it was one of our conditions for moving forward. I think they were really excited about that. And to their credit, all of the investors who, who are behind the fight, who are pushing this forward, were all on board with that. They saw the value. Um, they took some time to explain it to their lawyers and make all of their lawyers comfortable with it. But the investors ultimately understood the value of why bringing a team together around the specific mission will drive better outcomes, drive more uh, customer and employee loyalty, and ultimately higher returns for them. And do you work just in the U.S. or are you um, international? So we work in the U.S. and Canada with a handful of uh, customers in Europe, and we're looking to expand throughout the Americas uh, in the in the years to come. You strike, I think, both of us as a very entrepreneurial person and, and have, a, have a great entrepreneurial spirit. Does that come natural to you? And, and maybe just give us some of the background about how you decided to start a company. I, I think I'm generally unemployable uh, as, as a person. Uh, if I wasn't doing this, I'm, I'm, and if being an entrepreneur wasn't a, a thing one could go do, I don't know if or what I'd be doing otherwise. Uh, but I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, the first company that I started, I started with my brother when I was nine years old, and it, it didn't go very well. Uh, and the, we, we thankfully preserved our relationship. That business didn't go very well. And I've always, through my life, just known that uh, my calling and what I was intending to do with my life was to build uh, build businesses, to build uh, enterprises, or to build operations of whatever kind by pulling together a group of disparate, incredibly talented people um, and bringing their diverse perspectives, backgrounds, and ideas into a single and common mission. And that by doing that, I'd be able to go have the impact that I've been called on to have in this world. And so, so whether it's because I'm unemployable and this is what I just have to do as a fallback or because that's truly um, what the best calling of my life is, I don't know, but I can't imagine doing anything besides this. Well, you've mentioned it a few times and, being entrepreneurs ourselves, we understand that there's no end to the challenges when you're when you're building a business. And I'm just curious if you have on your radar, you know, one or two challenges that you think might be, you know, the most important for you to focus on for the next year. Uh, for for Uplight, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. So for so for Uplight, we are about 125 days in to pulling together five companies. Uh, as you can imagine, that's an incredibly difficult task from the perspective of integrating the cultures and the teams and bringing together all of these different approaches uh, to, to building companies. On top of that, all of the companies that came into Uplight had a level of commitment that they had made, they had made to their customers, uh, who are now our customers. And that was something that was actually really hard to diligence on the front end of the merger. And so now that we got to over 100 days in, Kind of, we're able to see, oh, such and such company or product line made a commitment to this customer, and now we have to collectively meet it. And so I think the biggest challenge that we have over the next year is not innovating some new crazy thing that none of us could have done on our own. It's actually stitching together the five companies, making them work really well and effectively as one team, and to then go deliver consistently every day on the promises that all of those companies had made before the merger and making sure that our customers have a whole lot of trust in our ongoing ability to deliver. 
think if we can do that and on the front end sort of stitch together our product offerings a bit more so they integrate a little more tightly, I think if, if we do that, the company is going to be off to really a, a phenomenal future. Yeah, that's so important. When I sold my last company, we became part of a, a broader private equity sort of roll up. And in the first year, we ended up integrating it was four or five companies in the first year. I think it was five. And just uh, had some some good and some bad memories flash back at me as you were just talking about that challenge. Uh, we had uh, companies all over the country and, and product commitments that were made and just uh, finding time for stitching the products together and getting everybody aligned on a single customer service system or, or any of those types of things was was uh, monumental and I really admire your your energy towards that it's it's not easy work well, well it's funny actually since we announced uplight we've gotten dozens of uh, of emails from other entrepreneurs or customers or or partners who said wow you've pulled together the best in class marketplace with the best in class customer engagement solution into one company here's the amazing brand new thing you could go build and I think, uh, and, and we thank them for their input and we welcomed it and we've kept a long list of all the crazy great things we can do. And, and I think that a year or 18 months from now, it will be a time to dust that list off and make sure that we do those things. But right now, there's a whole lot of blocking and tackling that we need to do. And, and it turns out that we did a map of all of our products and all of our customers and we plotted them together. And the, even though we have over 20 products collectively as as Uplight, none of our customers have bought more than five. And so every one of our customers has a lot of innovation they can get just by buying something we already have without us having to go build a brand new thing. And, for as, an and as an entrepreneur who's spent my entire life inventing and building new primarily software products, it, it's a little hard to resist the temptation to go build the brand new exciting thing that we want to go build. Uh, but rather just to focus in on we have to stitch these things together and really effectively execute on the commitments we made to customers because that's really what's going to then enable us to go do that. I think right now our customers are, are looking at us with excitement, but also with a little bit of trepidation because they understand that uh, that there's some amount of risk in what we're trying to do and they want to make sure that we can deliver on our commitments. Yeah, and I think... The key is really meaning behind the mission and the purpose that gets everybody through, all, all purpose-driven leaders through really hard work. And as you say, kind of the blocking and tackling and the arduous work. Um, I think that at the end of the day, at least we both know that working with purpose behind us is uh, a little bit easier sometimes than just, just doing it for profit only. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up, how about you tell us your kind of large vision for Uplight? I love that you mentioned that you're looking to tackle the climate emergency. What does that look like in 10 years? So we have some very specific goals at Uplight in terms of the amount of energy we're looking to save. Uh, if you look at our commitment around in the next five years, how much energy and CO2 we're planning to abate, uh, on par with some of the largest nations in the world, uh, Paris climate commitments. It's, it's that aggressive in terms of the amount of carbon we're looking to, uh, to, 
to abate and to in the types of environmental impact. At the same time, we're looking at uh, saving customers a tremendous amount of money on their energy bill. And we want to ensure that the $10 billion or so of end customer savings that we're able to drive are to the benefit of people regardless of their socioeconomic backgrounds. We want people of all, of all classes and all backgrounds to benefit from saving and participating in a new energy future. And the third thing that we're, at, that we're up to is trying to change how business is done. We think that in Uplight and certainly in Simple Energy, we were able to and will continue to be able to show the best way to have a massive positive social impact is by leveraging the tools of a company. Uh, they, we, we think that we will three to five X the scale of our business for our investors and more than, uh, more than that for our mission. And so we're hopeful that when the next entrepreneur is coming out of college or endeavoring into what he or she's going to do next, and uh, looks at the impact they want to go see in the world, that they feel compelled by our story and compelled by the examples that using all of the tools of venture capital and private equity and software and um, customer-driven business models will actually allow them to have an even bigger impact in the world for their social mission. And I think that that's you know, the, the three things. We're going to have this massive impact in terms of the carbon savings of, uh, and the energy savings that we'll have. We'll have this incredible impact in terms of the financial results for end customers and what we save them on their utility bill. And we will demonstrate that, in fact, leading a business in a different way can have a giant impact on the world. Thank you so much, Yoav, for sharing your vision with us and, and all of the work that you've done already. We are truly impressed. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for shining a light on on businesses like ours who are who are trying to figure out a way to to do this. And and we certainly appreciate it. Would love to have much more company uh, with others doing the same. Thanks, Joav. It's been great talking to you today. Likewise. Bye. Once again, it's clear that a business leader with good intentions can create an impressive social, environmental, and ethical impact. There is always a way to put meaning behind the mission of a company, and we can all make a difference. You've taken the first step by listening to the Beyond Capital podcast. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't yet, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, go to beyondcapitalpodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at EA Stevens. And follow me on Instagram at Conscious Investor. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you.